Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... G. Marshall. The greatest discoveries are not of the new, but of the old. When the 15th and 16th century navigators discovered that the earth was round, it wasn't because the earth had suddenly decided to turn itself into the shape of a ball. The earth has always been round. We talk about discovering the secrets of the atom, but all the forces that make up the atom have always been there. Therefore, What we call discovery is usually a matter of looking more closely and seeing more clearly. After all, the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. No new birds, just new feathers. But $25,000 is all I have in the world. Let me invest it for you. It is my life's savings. I'll make it grow. But I hardly know you. Let me have the money, madam. Oh, Don't look at me like that. Just trust me. Please, when you look at me like that... Believe me. I I am helpless. This is for your own good. Oh, you you can do with me whatever you want. You'll never be sorry. Oh, take from me whatever you want. Our mystery drama... Cherchez la Femme was especially adapted from the O. Henry classic for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Robert Dryden and Bryna Rayburn. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. William Sidney Porter or O. Henry, as he was known to his readers, would have had a difficult time understanding women's lib. He would ask himself, why should women want to be equal? Were they tired of being superior? Ah, yes, women. They make your day, and they're not too bad at night, either. Woman, the eternal mystery. And, at this time, one of the most eternal of all women... Madame Ottilie Thibault. We shall meet her in a little cafe in the French Quarter of New Orleans, where she is deep in a discussion with a favorite customer, O. Henry himself. Billy? Yes, Madame Ottilie? Uh, you know a man, uh, Gaspard Morin? Gaspard Morin? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, he was a, a goldsmith? No. A, a, a jeweler? I don't think so. Oh, he's dead now. Oh, well, that doesn't matter. Oh, how can you say it doesn't matter? He stole my money. He stole your money? $25,000. How could he steal $25,000? How? I let him. Now, what's this you're saying, Madame Audley? You You let him? How did you let him? Well, you see, I am a woman, no? Yes. And he was a man. And a man, well, a good man, a... A woman, she will let him do anything. 
and you let him have $25,000? What were the terms? The terms? Yes, what was it? A, a gift, a loan? Oh, terms. Why don't you speak English? It was a, uh, oh, how do you say, investissement. Uh, investment. Oh, that's what I said, no? Anyhow, one night he came in here and he says to me, he says to me, I remember it like it just happened. Madame Audley, I see the place does very well. Oh, and what if it does, Monsieur Gaspard Morin? <laughs> you must make a nice dollar. Oh, every dollar is a nice dollar. May I ask, Madame, what you do with your money? Well, you think maybe you can get your hands on some of it? Oh, no, 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 no. Madame, I was thinking of your welfare. And why should you think of my welfare? Oh, because I like you. Ah. Oh, <laughs> tiens. So, and therefore you wish to, uh, uh, propose marriage? Ah, uh, would I were free, madame. There is someone else? No, madame, there's no one else. As I've said, I, I think only of your welfare. Um, where do you keep your money? Where does any sensible person keep their money? Under my mattress. Well, isn't $25,000 too important to trust to your mattress? How can you say that? I trust myself to my mattress, no? Is my money more important than me? Yeah, but under the mattress, the money does nothing for you. Oh, yes. It makes me happy to know it's there. I lie in my bed at night, and my money is with me. But... I think to myself, I have buried four husbands, and I am alone in the world except for my money. Sometimes I get out of bed and I take out my money... I have 25 nice $1,000 bills. And I count them. And I put them back nicely. Yes, but haven't you thought of a bank? I mean, the bank would pay you interest. But the money, it would be shut up in the vault. The cold vault. Nobody would love it the way I do. Nobody would keep it warm. Now, madame, I like you. I do, I really do indeed. And it hurts me to see that your hard-earned money is doing nothing. Well, what is money supposed to do? Work, work as you do, as well, work as I do. Madame Audley, do you trust me? Mm -hmm. Do you? Oh, yes, Monsieur Gaspard, I trust you. Then let me invest that $25,000 for you. I promise you, you won't be sorry. And do you mean to tell me, Madame Audley, that you gave him the money? Of course I gave him the money. Yeah, but, but why? Why? Because, because he looked deep, deep into my eyes. When a certain kind of man does that... Then I am like a small little baby. I am helpless. So, well, I, I gave him the 25000 A month later, he died. And your money? My money. My money, it died too, maybe. After you gave him the money, did you ever see him again? Well, sure. He came in here every night for a little drink. Well, did he tell you what he did with the money? Well, he said... Uh, Madame Ottilie, the money is safe and sound and secure as the Rock of Gibraltar. What is the Rock of Gibraltar? Well, it's the huge rock that guards the straits between Africa and Europe, I think. Oh, and he bought the 
this rock for me? I don't think so. Oh, and the money, it, my 25000 it's it's gone, eh? Uh, was there any sign of it in his estate? Estate? What estate? He, he lived in a room on top of his jewelry store. Estate? No, I, I, I mean, was there a record of it? No, nothing. Nothing. Well, uh... Billy, uh, you think... You think you can find the money for me? I'd like to. Oh, good. Then the money's as good as found. Now, now, wait a minute. How can I find the money? Oh, you always find things in your stories. <laughs> People lose things, you find them. People steal things, you find it. Yeah, but those are only stories. I know. True stories. So, you'll find it for me, eh? But uh, how can I? Oh, a man like you... Smart like you? I'm afraid the money's gone. Look, uh, you find the money for me, and I'll cook you up a whole kettle of my special bouillabaisse. But I wouldn't even know where to look. I would... Uh, a whole kettle full of your special... Oh, yes, every night for a whole week. Uh, well, I think the key here is... Cherche La Femme. Who look for the woman? What woman? There's a woman in here. A woman? No, never. He was a man who had a way with women. He was a bachelor till the day he died. Now he got you to give him twenty five thousand. What a man gets from one woman, he gives to another. Oh, that's not true. Well, I know your pride is hurt. You say Cherche La Femme. But not for Monsieur Gaspard Morin. I still say look for the woman. You mean he he never was known to spend time with women? Oh, yes. Much of his time. Well, see, I'm right. You go to the number 19 on Bonhomme Street, and there you will see the sort of women whose company he preferred above all others. Poor Madame Audley. So good-hearted, so trusting, so vulnerable. How could I even hope to put her into a story? Who would believe her? And so, I made my way deeper into the French Quarter. And finally, I came upon Bonhomme Street. The houses were old and close together. And here was 15 and 17 and 19. I pulled at the old-fashioned bell. After a wait, the door was opened. Opened by a woman. A tall, tragic-looking woman. But she wore the severe black gown and the stark white bonnet of a nun. Then I saw in a flash the crucifix on the wall and the faded letters, The Little Sisters of Samaria. Yes? Oh, excuse me, sister. I, I, I must have come to the wrong place. Are you sure this is the wrong place? Well, you see, I was looking for number 19. This is number 19. Well, then my directions were wrong. Why do you say that? Because I'm looking for information about a gentleman who most certainly would never have come to a place like this. We must never be certain about things here below. I agree, sister, in principle. But I think we may both be certain that a gentleman named Gaspar Moran would never come here. Gaspar Moran? But he was a dear friend. He visited almost every day. Gaspar Moran? The late Gaspar Moran? The same. 
The Gaspar Moran, who was a jeweler? I know of no other. Oh. Well, may I ask you a few questions about him? Certainly. My name is Sister Felicity. Won't you come in? He is at rest with the saints. A man most devout. He would come here each day to pray and talk with us about God's goodness and mercy. I understand. I hope so. How few people understand him. Uh, sister, a certain sum of money was entrusted to Monsieur Morin shortly before he died. Uh, that money is unaccounted for. Have you heard? Yes, I have heard. Madame Audley Thibault deserves justice, but so does Monsieur Morin. Now, if we could clear his name, prove him innocent of wrongdoing... Monsieur Gaspard, he could do no wrong. I would have to know his tastes, his habits, what, what friends he had, and so forth. I understand. Now, in these cases, one always does well to look for the woman. Was there a lady, perhaps? Yes, there was. A woman? There was one woman to whom he bowed, to whom he gave his heart completely. Yes? Who? Behold her. There, in front of you. In front of me was an alcove. A soft light pouring in through a stained glass window illuminated a statue of the Virgin in a color that appeared to be the purest gold. He made the statue with his own hands and presented it to the order the day before he died. He made this little statue? Oh, yes. It was as if he had a premonition of the end. And this was one work that had to be finished first. I see. His death, well, it's it's just as well he'll never know. He'll never know what? He loved this order, this little order of ours so much it would have broken his heart to know that we're being disbanded. Oh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You see, we are an independent order. We relied completely on the generosity of private individuals and Monsieur Moran would give us as much as a hundred dollars some weeks. This kept us alive. But now, well, this house and all of our property is being sold at auction tomorrow. Oh, that's too bad. It is God's will. Perhaps we are needed elsewhere. Everything is being sold, even that gold statue of the Virgin? Yes. Of course, it isn't really gold. It's lead or some other metal covered with gold paint. Oh, of course. Oh, monsieur, perhaps you will come to the auction... And if you bid generously, there may be some money left for us, and we may be able to start anew somewhere else. Oh, yes, I shall be there. And have no fear, Sister Felicity. I shall bid generously. And we know on what he will bid. Did Monsieur Gaspar Morin convert Madame Ottilie Thibault's 25000 into gold? and then construct the statue of the Virgin which he donated to the Little Sisters of Samaria? If he did, while it amounts to stealing, it really wasn't stealing exactly. 
Or was it? Well, more on money and theology when we resume in just a few minutes with Act Two. Glitters may not be gold. There are times when gold itself doesn't glitter either. What is and what is not gold, and what price glitter, are problems that have plagued us all since the very beginnings of commerce. And it's a problem we face as our second act begins. What do you mean, this statue? Well, don't you see what he did? He he bought $25,000 worth of gold with your money and made a statue of the Virgin. Now, the question is, what do you want to do about it? Do? You can let matters stay as they are, or you can decide you want your money back. So, Monsieur Gaspard, he made a gold statue of the Virgin. I told you he was a man with great holiness. Well, yes. So it was not for selfish things, not for women or for drink or the gambling. No, it was for the saints, for devotion. It was the gift of a heart that was pure. You could look at it that way. I will have my money back. Let him buy his forgiveness. Let him buy his glory with his own money. Come, we will get the statue. Yeah, but we can't prove it's yours. Everyone knows I gave him 25000 But we cannot prove that this was how he used it. Then how can we prove? We can't. But we don't have to. We don't have to? They'll give us the statue? No, they'll sell us the statue. I told you everything will be sold tomorrow at auction. We'll bid for the statue. But will we get it? Of course. After all, who would want a little lead statue of the Virgin? I wish I could tell you about that auction. The auctioneer figured what he had could fetch maybe $10. And when he got an opening bid from a stuntman in the corner, he was ready to knock it down. But Madame Thibault stormed into the fray like a ravenous wolf into a chicken coop. I see twenty dollars. So? Hmm? Twenty-five dollars for a statue like this. Well, she kept the pot bubbling and finally permitted herself to buy the statue for fifty dollars. We hurried out of the quarter to the busy business district. And brought the statue to a very exclusive jeweler's shop. Yes? This, uh, statue... Yes? Uh, we should like to sell it. We do not purchase religious statues. Even when they're made of gold? Gold? Pure, solid gold. You weigh it. See if it doesn't add up to at least $25,000. And what makes you think this statue is gold? Well, what makes you think it isn't? Because I know it is lead. Lead? Gold painted over lead. See? Oh, Suck, put away the knife. It is the virgin. What, what are you doing? You see? It slices almost as easily as butter all the way down. No. Then, then it isn't gold? My friend, that statement should be engraved in marble. But you said the statue, it was my gold. Well... I was quite frankly puzzled myself. What could he have done with the money? I decided to abandon all this hit-and-miss speculation and go about the thing scientifically. So, finally, I located Monsieur Gaspard Morin's lawyer. 
But, uh, monsieur, what may I do for you? Uh, monsieur Pinapas, I'm here about Madame Thibault's $25,000. Ah, yes. What is to be done? When I had to settle his estate, I discovered his assets just barely cover his liabilities. As far as the sum of $25,000 is concerned, there is no sign of it. What could have happened to it? I'm sure I could not tell you. Now, Monsieur Pinapas, we had here a man, Gaspar Morin, who seems to have had no vices. Is that true? Ah, true. And almost no pleasure either. How could such a man go through $25,000 in less than a month? It seems to present a difficulty. I say, cherchez la femme. Monsieur Gaspard? Oh, my dear sir. Well, he held a magnetic attraction for women. Could he have been leading a secret life? Uh, no, 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 no. His life was an open book. Exactly my point. What are you saying? Suspect any man whose life is an open book. But, my dear sir, such a man's actions are there for all to read. Now, you say his life was an open book, but could you swear that it wasn't written in a secret language? A secret language? A code. Where he used certain words to mean things that only he could understand. Oh. He wanted everyone, perhaps, to think of him as a devout, hard-working person. Ah, but... But, but what? Who knows what smoldered underneath? What dreams, thoughts, desires? Ah, this is the thinking of a novelist, of a writer of stories. This is the stuff of fiction. As opposed to... As opposed to the stuff of life. You, sir, are a man of creative forces. I am an attorney. I deal with the realities. But it is the reality of life that is interesting and dramatic, not the fancies of fiction. To even imply that sober, serious, hard-working, devout Gaspar Morin might have been leading a secret life? Well, why is that so far-fetched? Why? Because, well, now that you mention it, why indeed? Who is to say he did not lead a life that none of us knew anything about? Who is to say there were no vices? Well, they don't necessarily have to be vices. But they do, they do. How are we to know that Gaspar Morin was not the most debauched, depraved... Oh, well, now, I didn't mean to go that far. Uh, now, you were his attorney. You knew him well. I was his attorney, but uh, no one knew him well think. Do any names occur to you? Uh, uh, names. Try to remember. Before he died, did he speak of anyone new or strange? Monsieur, I'm not sure I know what you mean. Uh, did he seem excited in any way? Excited? Why, no. Uh, a name he might have let drop? Well, how little we know about the next person. Uh, Monsieur Penapest, I know you're an attorney and that you're not at liberty to discuss privileged information. Oh, Gaspar, Gaspar, oh, oh you old dog. Yeah, and it might seem to you that I, a stranger, am taking liberty. But believe me... What? Why, there. That is the name. The, the name? Oh, you ask for a name he might have offered before he died. A strange name. A new and uh, uh, unknown name. Yes. But you just said it yourself. Liberté. 
Liberty? Miss Liberty? Miss Liberty? He was uh, dying, and he motioned for me to bend closer, and he winked at me, and he said, Pintess, I've left everything in the hands of Miss Liberty. Miss Liberty, I replied. And pray, who is Miss Liberty? Yeah, well, well who, who is she? He was about to tell me. What happened? Well, nothing happened. Or from his point of view, everything happened. He died. Oh. And so, I am afraid we shall never know who Miss Liberty is. Well, our course is clear. We have to find this Miss Liberty. Ah, yes? And uh, when you find her? Get the money back. My friend, how? You have no paper, no documents, nothing to prove the money belongs to Madame Thibault. This Miss Liberty, whoever she is, could simply laugh in your face. Monsieur Penapass, do you know Madame Thibault? Ah, yes? Do you think she would have any trouble getting back 25000 of her own dollars, proof or no proof? Frankly, no trouble at all. I told you to look for the woman. Miss Liberty? But who is Miss Liberty? Well, first we have to find her. I don't know anyone named Liberty. Miss, Mrs. or Mr. even. That's the name Mr. Pinnipas mentioned. Mr. Pinnipas? Do you trust Mr. Pinnipas? Uh, is there any reason why I shouldn't? Certainly. He's a lawyer. I mean, any good reason? I have just given you the best. I inquired about Mr. Pinnipas. And? And he's very well thought of. By whom? By other lawyers. Oh. These birds flock together. He's an honest man. Another way of saying he has never been caught doing anything crooked. Now, Madame Ottilie, why would he lie? Who is to say that he, your Monsieur Pinipes, didn't steal the money? It is still my theory there's a woman mixed up in it. But why? Well, because... because it's a rule. Eh? What kind of rule? It's one of the two standard rules in a mystery, and this is a mystery, isn't it? Of course. What two rules are you talking about? Well, the first rule is the butler did it. Eh? The butler? And the second is Cherchez Le Fan. I, I don't understand. Now, these are the rules that have been passed down to us by all the great writers of mysteries. Now, are you going to stand there and say it isn't so? But there is no butler. Do I have a butler? Did Monsieur Morin have a butler? No. Do you have a butler? Does Monsieur Pinipes have a butler? No. Then there is no butler and no rule. Ah, true. Which is why we are left with rule number two. Cherchez la femme. And we have a clue. Miss Liberty. But I ask you again and again, who is this? Miss Liberty. I'm sure that when we find her, we will have found your $25,000. Oh, Miss Liberty, eh? Now, Madame Audley, you know everybody in the quarter. Oh, yes, but... Uh... Now, surely somewhere, sometime, you came across the name Miss Liberty. Miss Liberty? Never. No, 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 no. Don't close your mind. Think. Just think. And, and say Miss Liberty. Where have I heard that name? Now, go ahead, say it. Miss Liberty. Where have I heard that name? Say it again. Miss Liberty. Where have I heard that name? Why, why, what name is this? 
We are trying to find Miss Liberty. Does it mean anything at all to you? Miss Liberty, Miss Liberty, sure. Now I remember. Now I know. Miss Liberty, of course. Maybe this isn't the time you would pick to lower the curtain on the ending of an act, but we, on the other hand, want to make sure that you stay fresh and keyed up for our messages. So, Act Three, in just a few minutes. Cherche la femme. Look for the woman. This seems to have been the path we've been traveling ever since we began our story. It's women, after all, who make the world go round. And it's a certainty. We can tell you right now who is making our story go round and round, and where we shall stop, only she knows at this time. Madam Audley, you know who Miss Liberty is? Of course. I have heard the name. Where? Here, in this place. Men talk of her. Oh, 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 now we're getting somewhere. Who is she? Who is Madame Liberty? She is a horse. A horse? You see, the men come in here to drink, to get away from their wives, to gamble, and to talk about horses. She's a horse? But And you... they all speak of this Miss Liberty. She runs at the racetrack. A racehorse? Can it be? Can... Did he bet on Miss Liberty at the racetrack? Did he? If he did, then your money is surely gone. That's the end of it. Oh, no. I will not believe he gambled on a horse. It was now a time of delicate negotiations. When one loses money betting on a horse, one must lose it to somebody. A definite, actual somebody. And these gentlemen are all members of a close fraternity. Tight-lipped, given more to listening than speaking. Miss Liberty? You want to bet on Miss Liberty? No, 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 I don't want to bet on Miss Liberty. Good, you ain't going to die poor. <laughs> uh, well, I'm asking because of a gentleman named Gaspar Morin. Yeah? Now, it's important for me to know if he lost a considerable sum of money betting on Miss Liberty. Ooh, anybody who bet on that ice-cold mama would have lost a lot of money. 25000 Ooh, now that's a nice round sum. He didn't lose it with me. Well, could you ascertain if he lost it with any of your associates? Why? Well, I'm a curious person. Is that a fact? I understand you write stories. Yes. Would you put me in a story? You're in this one already. <laughs> Gumbo Charlie. Hey, make sure you got the name. And my customers can always find me sitting in one eye Philibeck's fish parlor. Now that I've published his advertisement, I have to tell you that a day later, Mr. Gumbo Charlie came by to see me. Scratch Miss Liberty. Oh? This Gaspard Moran? Why, he never bet so much as a wooden nickel on a horse in his life. You sure? Well, thank you, Gumbo. You might also tell my customers I can be found Sundays at One-Arm Arthur's Chowder House. One-Eye Philibag, One-Arm Arthur. What kind of people are these? Careless. (laughs) 
that idea fizzled out, too. But I kept remembering Monsieur Pinapest's statement. Monsieur Moran said to me, I left everything in the arms of Miss Liberté. Those were his exact words? Ah, but yes, I am a lawyer. The exact words are of crucial importance. So it couldn't have been a racehorse. A racehorse named Miss Liberty, because a horse has no hands. That is correct. And he winked, you said. Oh, yes. Which meant he must have been happy. As uh, happy as a man can be on his deathbed. So he thought he had found an ideal solution. Miss Liberty. Who could Miss Liberty be? That was the first time you ever heard him mention that name. It's the very first. Miss Liberty. The aunt of Miss Liberty. It, is it possible? Can it be possible? Can what be possible? No, no. It, it, it's too... It's beyond the realm of... Uh, of what? Who is Miss Liberty? We have already established she is a racehorse. Miss Liberty. Now, please, Monsieur Pennepass, think. Of what? Think of New York. Why should I think of New York? Of New York Harbor. Miss Liberty, the great statue. A statue? The Statue of Liberty. It is called Miss Liberty. Oh, is that a fact? It's been standing there since 1886. And why was I not informed? And it was presented to the people of America by the people of France. Ah, for what reason? Frenchmen do not normally give things away. As a gesture of friendship. To uh, commemorate the 100th anniversary of our independence in 1876. And it took ten years before it could. Uh, ten years, huh? Well, it's a large statue, the largest in the world. It's uh, 151 feet high. It weighs 225 tons. Ah, the entire affair sounds somewhat suspicious to me. But, Monsieur Pennepest, you yourself said Morin told you he had left everything in the hands of Miss Liberty. Now, that's true, isn't it? Oh, yes. Well, Miss Liberty stands high above New York Harbor, and I suppose we shall just have to... Look at her hands. What can I do? I'm the prisoner of a logical mind. A man is entrusted with a sum of money. On his deathbed, he says he left it in the hands of Miss Liberty. Miss Liberty is the famous statue in the harbor of New York. Well, like it or not, reasonable or not, the clue had to be followed to its logical or... Illogical conclusion. I boarded a train to New York City. I discovered that the statue was in the custody of the War Department. Through a friend of a friend, uh, who had a friend, I was introduced to Colonel Ramrod. Look at the statue's hands. Well, sir, I... You realize that her hands are some 300 feet above the water. Yes, sir, I... I, Is it necessary that you look at her hands? Absolutely necessary, sir. May I ask if there's a reason? Well, I... I'm trying to recover Madame Thibault's $25,000. You've mentioned two good reasons. A woman and money. On his deathbed, he said he had left everything in the hands of Miss Liberty. How do you get up there to do it? I wouldn't be able to answer that, Colonel. Uh, You uh, you look a bit uh, old to climb up and out onto her hands. 
Well, I'm not quite as old as I look. Yes, I'm allowing for that. And you appear somewhat uh, portly. I have to follow this clue to its logical conclusion. Well, the army likes to cooperate with the citizenry. We can have you swung up and out there with block and tackle. I'll tell you why I did it. True, I wanted to help Madame Thibault, and I told myself that the bouillabaisse was more than worth any risk or hardship. Yes, that's what I told myself. But the truth, you see, the realists were coming to the fore in literature. De Maupassant and that crowd. And I wanted to show everyone that old William Sidney Porter could be as real as any of them. After all, who else would hang suspended 300 feet above the cold water of New York Harbor as he carefully scrutinized the hands of the Statue of Liberty? And what did I find? Exactly what I had expected to find. Nothing. But the game had to be played till the final out in the last inning. And so I returned to New Orleans. Sick at heart, weary in spirit, and hungry for a supper of bouillabaisse that I knew I would never get to eat. I made my way to Madame Audley Thibault's cafe. Now, Madame Audley, think. We, we, we try to think, did Monsieur Morin ever say anything at all about what he would do with the money? Oh, he said this, and he said that, and I couldn't understand one word. Well, there's a woman in this thing somewhere, but I can't find her. Oh, you mustn't bother your head anymore. The money, it comes and goes. And listen, because you have been one good friend, I have a surprise. You come back with me. Where? To the kitchen. Where else? Come. I have a surprise. Well, it wasn't a surprise long. Halfway to the kitchen, the most heavenly odor filled the hallway. It was the bouillabaisse. Oh, that bouillabaisse. I sat down at the kitchen table, eager, expectant, hungry. You work hard. You deserve reward. Now, you will eat bouillabaisse as much and as often. Madame Audley... What can I say? What could anyone say in the presence of such divine bouillabaisse? Nothing. All one could do is eat. Eat and eat until one was ready to burst. And then rest. To ready oneself for a second onslaught. Well, during this brief respite, I let my eyes wander about Madame's kitchen. In the dusky twilight, it was flecked with gleams of polished fine woods and burnished glass and metal, which she loved so much. The walls were covered with lithographs in garish colors, advertising posters, theater bills, birthday cards, everything calculated to stun the optic nerve into complete submission. Then... In the midst of it, some squares with a gold border and a picture. A picture. Was it possible? A picture of liberty. 
Liberty. The same Liberty that was on the money in my pocket. Beautiful standing Miss Liberty. I looked again. And I couldn't believe what I saw pasted up on that wall. Madame. Madame, since... When are you in the habit of papering your walls with $5,000 United States bonds? Bonds? Look on the wall. Five $5,000 bonds with coupons attached. Well, here. Here's your money. Oh, but that is not money. Those are just pretty pieces of paper. <laughs> Madame. Monsieur Morin. He gave me these pretty pieces of paper after he said he would invest the money I gave him. Well, didn't he explain what these were? All I know is I gave him money and he gave me these little pieces of paper with that woman's picture in it. Yeah, but this is also money. Well, how could it be money? Money has a man's picture on it, not a woman. Madam, now listen to me. You know a good paper hanger. Of course. Well, get him to peel these off very Oh, but they hide a hole in the wall. With these bonds, you can buy a new wall, a new house. With these pieces of paper? With the woman's picture in it? That's what he meant when he said it was in the hands of Miss Liberty. Madame, when in doubt, cherchez la femme. Cherchez la femme. Look for the woman. Always look for the woman. For, as a philosopher once said, without a woman, what enterprise could possibly be worth the trouble? In addition to looking for the woman, look for me, for I shall return in a few minutes. Ottilie Thibault used the $25,000 in U.S. bonds to cover a bad spot on her walls. And there they were. Pretty to look at, decorative, useful. You may say that's rather expensive for a wall covering, but can you think of many people who spent $25,000 on projects that brought them far less satisfaction, pleasure, and use? Our cast included Robert Dryden, Bryna Rayburn, Ian Martin, and Bill Griffiths. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Well, you see, there's such a thing as overprotection. Yes, I'm sure there is. Is there a time lock? Yes, a time lock? Well, like I say, I don't really know much about it, but I've heard of bank vaults that had time locks. Oh, as window dressing. It doesn't mean a thing. Oh, yes, I'm sure you're right, sir. Of course I'm right. And I bet my life on this vault. Uh, did you ever hear of a fella called Jimmy Valentine? Jimmy Valentine? No, I don't believe I ever did. You never heard of Jimmy Valentine? No. Who's he supposed to be? Uh, he's only supposed to be the most famous safe cracker in these United States of America. Oh. I'm willing to wager that even the great Jimmy Valentine himself would find it impossible to break into this here vault. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater 
for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.